Welcome to the Assurology Show, a growth hacker's guide to human capital management with your host, Mike Vinoy. Each week, we bring you experts in human resources, employment law, accounting, benefits planning, and more to build productive organizations. You'll gain practical guidance for your business. You'll be alerted to the latest news and megatrends that impact small and mid-sized companies. We'll give you the hands-on information you need to stay compliant with ever-changing employment laws, the strategies you need to win the war for talent, and much more. So you can focus on what you do best, growing your business. Enjoy the show. Game-changing tax law incentivizes small business owners to offer 401k. This is a this is a relatively new legislation passed in December of 2022, and I think businesses are just now starting to learn about this, where there are tax incentives to 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 spur interest and incentivize small business owners to offer retirement plans to their employees. Uh, uh, and this is a game changer because I think most small business owners they know they gotta they gotta compete for talent, right? Their employees want big company benefits, but for the most part, small businesses had a hard time offering 401k. It was expensive, it was technically complex, uh, but things have changed dramatically here. So I have a great guest on my show today to help unpack all this, help everybody understand what's the new tax law, what's involved in setting up a 401k, what are the advantages, why should businesses consider it, and maybe why should they be considering it now when they maybe haven't in the past? So my guest today, uh, Rich Brindisi, uh, he's the 401k product manager at Assure. He has extensive experience with retirement and other qualified products, having spent over two decades with companies such as Raymond James, Sun Life, Credit Suisse, and a prominent national human capital management company promoting qualified plans. Rich also earned his law degree at the University of Richmond law School of Law, and today, Rich is helping small and mid-sized businesses understand the opportunities and nuances of Secure 2.0 Act, which is legislation that enables businesses to offer 401k plans to their employees uh, really like never before. Rich, welcome to the show. Thank you. So I, I think anybody who's watching today, they, they probably know what a 401k is, but can you can you just maybe give an explanation uh uh, uh, you know, in the context of an employer, because, and I'll, and I'll back up, there are increasingly states who are mandating employers, even small businesses, to offer retirement plans. And so some people just assume well, that means 401k. Well, it, it could also mean IRA. So maybe maybe just a primer from a small business owner's perspective, what, what are qualified plans? What's the difference between offering an IRA versus offering a 401k? Sure. Well, when you think about a qualified plan, there's really two ways to think about it. And really, it focuses on who really owns the plan or who sponsors the plan, so to speak. The an IRA is owned by an individual. It's called an individual retirement account. Now, it could be a regular IRA, a traditional IRA, or a Roth IRA, but they're both owned by individuals. 401ks are sponsored or owned by businesses for their employees their retirement plans benefits for employees. So they're two very different ownership structures. IRAs allow individuals to invest in anything they want that they can open an account in. Whereas 401ks, uh, there's kind of a limited basket of uh, investment possibilities. Uh, that's actually not a bad thing, uh, as we can get into later. Okay. So as I see it, there are three like mega trends happening here. That is this confluence of events <clears throat> that, that is kind of changing 401k for small businesses. Number one, and where is the Secure Act 2.0? We're going to get into that in a lot of detail today, explaining what that is in the, in spoiler alert, it's tax credits that darn near make 401k free for small business owners. Uh, so uh, big stuff. That's, that's how, what I would say is the carrot. There's also a stick Increasingly, there are states that are mandating businesses implement retirement plans. And, and, you know, obviously, this is the backdrop of they know that the Social Security as it exists today, you know, it's not going to survive under its current structure. But, you know, I don't think uh, Washington necessarily has the will to change 
Social Security. So they're going to do this incent tax credit incentive, uh, and then the states mandate it, right? Um, and then the third is just the the war for talent. The the labor shortage is here to stay. This is not a pandemic thing. Uh, unemployment's uh, sitting at a you know fifty year low, and it's in in all forecasts, there's going to stay that way. There's more jobs than their employees, so employee uh, small businesses have to compete for talent like they never have before, which means offering things like more benefits. All those things combine the the. The time has never been more opportune for small businesses to offer 401k. Can, can you speak into maybe we're going to get into the tax credits. I think that's where we're going to spend most of our time today talking about Secure Act 2.0. What can you say about the state mandates and what specifically are they actually mandating? Sure. Well, states as part of like I think we ought to back up a little bit and think about why is there this push on the three fronts that you talked about. Yeah. Well, when Social Security was first created, there was one retiree or there were 16 people contributing to the system for per retiree. And when retirees reached age 65, their life expectancy was on average another seven years. Today, that 16 for every retiree is shrunk down to about three, a little less than three. Yeah. And life expectancies have expanded tremendously. Another 10 years if you reach age 65 yeah. um, on average. So the the system as it was designed to be uh, built, uh, as that was built, needs supplementation, so to speak. Right. So. You mentioned Secure Act 2.0. We'll talk about that. States have also gotten into the act. And so states have really mandated that you need, if you are a small business or if you're a business in general, you have to provide a retirement plan for your employees. Now, we're going to make it really easy for you because we're not going to charge you for it. And your employees are all going to be put into uh, a, what they most of the programs are Roth IRAs. And they're going to automatically deduct 5% of your uh, post-tax income into that. Now, the, the tricky part of that is, is that they're going to calculate that 5% based on gross income. And gross income, well, so what will that do? That means you've got a larger number coming off your post-tax income. So it's really going to be more like 7%. And that's going to be kind of a heavy burden for a lot of employees to just say, hey, um, for your own good, we're giving you a 7% haircut on your post-tax uh, income and your take-home income. Yeah. So if you're an employee and you live in a state where the state mandates that your boss, your employer provides retirement, the path of least resistance for the employer is to simply put you on what is probably an IRA, the state IRA plan. But because that's after tax, that 5% is actually pretty darn expensive for you. In, in a world of, you know, today's inflation, when you're, you know, families are making decisions of, of how do I, do I put, do I put gas in the car or groceries uh, on, on the table to feed my kids? I mean, I, I don't want to be too melodramatic, but, you know, people, this, this inflationary period is not easy on folks, right? Um, that the mandate could actually end up hurting employees. And when employees aren't happy, that hurts employers. Am I, am I overstating that? No, employees are, they really want to be in control over what their, you know, their, their take-home income is more. And that's why there's a huge opportunity in 401k. Because as a four, first of all, your 401k income does two things for you. That's going to potentially raise your take home income. Number one, it's going to lower your gross income, your taxable income. Yeah. So if you are making because tax it's pre-tax, and just so everybody right. understands, I think most people get it. But the IRA, it's after you've been taxed. So if I made a hundred dollars and I'm at a 25 percent tax rate, now I have to pay for that IRA of my 75 remaining dollars versus coming up before taxes. So I've literally lowered my tax burden, right? Correct. Yeah. Right. So you lower your tax burden. Um, you're in more in control over how much gets deferred. 
into your retirement account. And you're going to be taxed less, frankly, your, your taxable income is going to go down right. and um, you're, you're much more in, in control. And that's before we even get into potential employer matches. Right, right. So that's benefit to the employee of a 401k. How about benefit to the employer? Well, the employer, um, Secure Act 2.0 aside, the employer, employees universally want, uh, almost universally want uh, 401ks. Right. There's been a number of studies done, and 88% of workers, Charles Schwab did a survey, 88% of workers, they consider a 401k plan a must-have benefit for looking for a new job. Really, it's health insurance and 401k. Yeah. Um, Georgetown University did a survey in 2023 in conjunction with Bank of America, and they basically revealed that 46%, almost half of employees say they're looking to change jobs in the next year. And only one in three were happy with the benefits package they had before. Then you think about the U.S. Small Business Administration, and they utilize a, an organization called SCORE um, to do various studies and release that you know back to the Small Business uh, Administration so they can take action upon that. And there's only 28% of businesses with less than 10 employees um, even offer retirement plans. And then you compare that to 87% of businesses with over 100 employees offer retirement plans. So the real gap is with small businesses, and small businesses want the best talent. They want people that have have you know been in the workforce, have experience in their industry, and it, it's hard to it's hard to for them to attract it without a really high quality benefits packages of which. 401ks are, are really the cornerstone with health insurance. Yeah. This is one of those things I think, you know, your employees are smart. They're, they, they, they know what's up and some might not know the difference between IRA and 401k and they might not understand all the nuance uh, of pre-tax versus post-tax. But I think for the most part, most of them do. And even if they don't, it's, it's an easy explanation. So, when, you, when you're competing against that same business across the street, uh, it, it, it's it, either it's an advantage because they don't offer it or you're a, disadva a disadvantage because they do and you don't, right? Well, right. If an employee has ever had an IRA versus a 401k, they will know the difference and <laughs> they will want the 401k. Right, right. Okay, so uh, what, what other reasons should a business consider? So if you're in a mandated state, if you're in, and how many states are there? Is it 18 and growing? Is Roughly right? 18 have passed legislation. Okay. Not all of them have actually implemented the, the the functioning of the state plan yet, but 18 have passed it. So it's imminent at, at some point. And how many of those states have already enacted? Eight, eight okay. to nine. Okay. Okay. So, so this is growing like crazy then. What, what, what would be, and, and not holding it to anything, what would be your prediction two, three, four years from now? Is this something that eventually all states have? Or do you think this is kind of a red state versus blue state thing? What, what, how do you see this playing out? Um, it, that kind of depends on what happens on the federal level, because Congress has been kicking around um, a mandated, they, they call a, um, a secure K uh, type of federal mandate, but it wouldn't be a 401k delivery would be, again, more IRA level delivery. So if the federal government does that, I think maybe states that um, would be that haven't really picked it up probably won't. That being said, there's only about six or seven that haven't started debating this. So of the 18 that have passed it, all but six or seven are currently um, kicking it around within the legislatures. Okay, so this really is an active conversation in almost all the states at this point then. Okay. Right, right. Okay. Okay, so so the federal government has the carrot, and we'll, we'll get to Secure Act 2.0 in a sec. Uh, the states are giving the stick, 
And then the labor market is kind of creating the, this, you, you have to be competitive, right? Um, what other, are there other things that an employer should be considering? Let's start with the mandate state. So you live in a state that mandates providing, providing retirement plans. And so the state IRAs, this kind of meets the minimum requirement. 401k is probably preferred why isn't this just a no-brainer that all small businesses would just do a 401k? If it's, if it's self-evidently better, why are so many just going with the state IRAs? Well, the state IRAs, aren't. there's no charge to the employer. Um, there, is a, there is a cost for 401ks to employers um, that the SECURE Act 2.0 is designed to, to alleviate to a large part. Yeah. And that's really, the, that's really why small businesses haven't, uh, dived into it. They don't, they don't feel like they can afford it. They don't feel like they're large enough to be able to provide a 401k. Um, they, it's, it's actually more kind of a, um, a badge of prestige or status that they can provide a benefits package that includes a 401k traditionally. traditionally but, but like, I, I completely agree. I, mean, I talk to small business owners all the time and their employees ask them for it. It's like, can't, can't afford it. I'm not sure that they even know that they can't afford it. I think there's an assumption of cost. Maybe they kicked it around once years ago. But I also think a complexity issue. Like I think the administration and implementation of 401k plans scared the crap out of a lot of small business owners. Well, yeah, there's been uh, a lot of, uh, I'd say within the last 10 years or so, fiduciary responsibilities have arisen. Uh, or been kind of exposed on the administrative side and the investment side within 401ks that really require you to have a, a lot of policies in place that are uh, really more compliance in nature. Um, today, many record keepers alleviate those fiduciary responsibilities. So traditionally, um, you know, small business, they, look, let's face it, they have a lot to work on. They just want to focus on their business and growing it. Yeah. So having to learn ERISA section 316 in order to be able to not get fined because your 401k plan is out of compliance, is not high on their list. So if you, I mean, you give them just, an easy way out. Those words would be enough to scare me into not doing it. Right. Cause right. like, okay. Like I live in this industry and I know what ERISA is. I don't think the average very, very smart, talented, hardworking entrepreneur knows what ERISA even is. But it's you start talking about statutes in compliance with a plan, it, it scares the heck out of you. So, so in plain English, Rich, what's different now? And I'm not talking about tax credits. I'm not talking about state mandates. What is it just about 401ks and plan sponsors and record keepers? I think most people don't even know what those words mean. And, and forgive me if I'm if I'm if I'm if I'm offending folks. I think the average business owner d doesn't know what those phrases mean. What what is it about the administration and implementation, execution, uh, in com ongoing compliance monitoring that has changed? Well, first of all, recognition of the the fact that these uh, fiduciary responsibilities exist, and then businesses have uh, arisen to take that burden off of the hands of a lot of business owners. So for example, uh, ERISA section 338 lays out all of these uh, requirements in order to monitor select investments within a within your 401k plan. Um, and without having that kind of background, it's almost impossible for a business owner to know how to comply with these. And there are now uh, businesses within the 401k broader uh, product delivery uh, that will take it off. That will take on that fiduciary burden, right. and they'll and so businesses don't have to worry about it. It's the same thing with the administrative fiduciary responsibility. The businesses the businesses that deliver the 401k have largely taken that fiduciary responsibility on because they're the experts. They know how to 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 comply with the law and take that burden away. So with those two things or three things really off of their plate, business owners 
can breathe a sigh of relief that, A, they don't have to learn all of this, and B, they're not going to run afoul of law. Right, right. And to me, that is the biggest change that I think most employers don't know. I think it. we're going to get into the tax credit stuff that I think is absolutely game-changing. Um, and you're, I think there's going to be a mad rush to 401k for small business owners in, in, in the next 18 months. Um, but if businesses knew how much easier it was and how – how, how it's been de-risked for entrepreneurs and business owners in the last, call it two, three years, where the providers in these platform, 401k platforms, uh, they're the ones taking on the TPA, the third-party administrator kind of roles and administration and ownership of risk that, that what used to be as a business owner, you actually had to learn all this stuff and be willing to sign up for that risk Versus now, it's it's an online platform. You just choose it, right? And yep, this is the platform that we use. Employees go ahead and choose which investments, and and you don't have that risk like you used to. Yeah, and the the real danger was is that uh, employers didn't truly understand the risk and would offer it and be taking taking all those risks on on their own. So. For example, if you had an employee that you hired and you your 401k plan said they needed to be, uh, they were eligible after one year and you missed that one year, there's a fine associated with it. And the real bad thing is, is that a lot of times, unless you know, some sort of audit or, uh, or, or whatever turns it up, maybe five years down the road, well, the fine is applied, but then interest on and penalties associated with that fine all come due. And you could, and there were some instances that we, you know, I'd seen in the past where you had a small business that was perfectly, thought they were perfectly compliant, made one mistake and was facing a, a bill for fines and penalties and what have you that was, that could have taken their business out of existence because of yeah. one small one time mistake. Yeah. That is largely gone now. Yeah. Um, Anything else before we jump into Secure Act 2.0? It's probably where we want to spend most of our time today. Um, anything else that's kind of changed in the landscape that makes it easier for small businesses and why they should be thinking 401k? I mean, I think we touched upon you know the, the compliance aspect of it. 401k, it's, it's <clears throat> um, used to be quite the compliance land land you know landmines everywhere. Um, and now, like I said, we, uh, the industry has largely taken that away and it's, it's easier to offer that than it's ever has been. Um, and, you know, from a, from an employer standpoint, being able to tell a potential employee, Hey, we have a 401k plan and tell your employees or announce to your employees, we now have a 401k plan. Um, the reason why. And before we get into Secure Act 2.0, uh, that's so important is if you have, I'm going to talk about employer match for a second uh, for their employees versus IRAs. And I mentioned at the outset, IRAs, you can invest in anything. Well, you can invest, you know, pick your, your rate of return. Uh, I think if you ask any, you know, any reasonable investment manager, what a what a rate of you know reasonable rate of return is you're probably going to f find they're going to ask depending on the interest rate environment they're in is anywhere from you know, in the low interest rate environment you're around six percent and in a higher interest rate environment you're probably around 10 to 12. and if you think about a 401k employer match you invest a dollar in your uh in 401k and your employer matches it that's a hundred percent return on that on that dollar Right. which is simply not available in the investment markets. It's it's not even an investment, but it is. It's an, it's the return on your dollar You're at the, with the employer match before you even put it in, whatever the investment choices are in your 401k, it's 100% return. It's the best It's the best deal for employees around. And employees yeah. know it. So if you're an employee, the benefit is just an absolute no-brainer. I'm investing... Right. It's post-taxed and whatever return I get on these investments uh, in an IRA, it is what it is. And the 401k, it's pre-tax. That's better. But even if I don't understand that, I sure as hell understand matching 
And for every dollar I put in, my boss puts in another buck. That's, oh my gosh, I'm doubling my money overnight. That's no brainer. You know, there's vesting schedules and all that kind of stuff, but uh, it, that's self-evident. The other side of that same coin is probably what has scared employers, right? Because if you're a small business owner and you're trying to scrape by coming out of COVID and, you know, maybe you're, maybe you're in survival, maybe you're not in growth mode, maybe you're in survival mode or your growth, but you work on really thin margins and there just simply isn't money available to do match. What, why should employers be thinking about doing a match in today's world? Well, now we're going to drift into Secure Act 2.0, which Secure Act 2.0. And before we go there, Rich, can you maybe speak to uh, tax advantages for the business? I think we need to do a, probably a follow-up show because there's other wealth creation strategies, and we're, we're, we're not we're not we're not fund managers. We're, so, but there are other tax and wealth creation strategies for business owners to be thinking for 1K and different types of plans. But can you just talk? If I'm giving a, an employee a dollar to a 401k, it doesn't necessarily mean net a dollar to me because there's other, besides Secure 2.0, there's there's like tax consequences, pre-tax, post-tax for me as the employer as well, not just the employee. Am I, am I thinking about that right? Yeah, it, it will lower your gross. It'll take your, your gross revenue. And uh, from a taxation standpoint, from a tax burden standpoint, it will lower that. And so- you're going to be your business will be taxed on you know on a lower number uh, right. than you know the, the than the gross revenue as well, and so your tax you know your tax burden will will go down as a as an employer. That's right. That's right. So the the contribution is tax deduction expense, but also the match itself, and because it's pre taxed to the employee. You're just increasing the overall expense. You're the so the net tax burden to you is, is also less. So it, it it'd be lying to say that you wouldn't have to come out of pocket to to do an employer match. But there's it's not dollar for dollar because there's tax benefits to doing it. Period by by uh, increasing your expense, therefore lose, lowering your profit. So there's is a t inherent tax benefit. And probably topic for another show is how to think about if I'm an employer and I've never offered 401k, let's say I've got a, a I've got a hundred dollars to spend and I've maxed out my my uh, compensation plan in the form of salary and I just don't have margin to give something like a, a, a match. You could think about and in today's world, based on the stats that you cited, maybe you change your mix that. Dare you say maybe maybe it's a five percent reduction in in salaries, but that five percent goes into things like employer match, right? So there's different ways to think about the the entire the, the entire match. Well, if you, yeah. Go ahead. Thinking about it as a, as a part of an overall employee benefit, so it's really what's the mix of dollars allocated within your employee. Do you, do you offer a health plan that looks like a PPO or do you offer a health plan that looks like high deductible plan, which has different, um, you know, different cost parameters. But if you've already allocated to your benefit plan, a certain amount of dollars, you can then you know, allocate more over to the 401k. It's a different mix, but it's, uh, it definitely okay. gives you flexibility. So, so I, I probably gave that too much time. I, I, I just want people thinking about compensation planning. But the reality is because of Secure Act 2.0, absolute game changer. It, it, it sets businesses up, business owners up to be able to offer match, dare I say, for free. So uh, I, I'm, I'm going to let you unpack what that means. Can, there, there's a bunch of components to Secure Act 2.0. Maybe just start out with definition. What was 1.0? What is 2.0? What's the purpose of this incentive? And let's kind of take it through the layers of what all these tax credits look like and how people get it. Sure. Well, Secure Act 1.0 was designed to incentivize businesses to start 401k plans. <clears throat> and the what they did was offer $5,000 uh, tax credit to businesses that set up uh, 
401k plans, but they did it on, it was, a, it was basically 50% of expenses. So you had to be large enough and incur enough of the expenses to reach that $5,000 a year. So you would have had to spend 10 to get five back. Right, right. And so 2.0, and, and, and frankly, it wasn't really that successful um, in moving the needle. So Congress doubled down and said, you know what? Okay, we're going to offer Secure Act 2.0. And for businesses from one, one employee to 50 employees, we are going to reimburse you uh, uh, really $250 per employee, but up to up to $5,000 a year for the first three years if you have enough employees to get to that $5,000 number. For administrative expenses, for educational expenses, um, and for startup costs of a 401k. Also, we are going, if you put an employer match in, up to, for any of your employees that make for less than $100,000, and you match their 401k, we will give you a tax credit dollar for dollar up to $1,000 per employee, up to 50 employees. For employers that have from 51 to 100, it looks a little bit more like Secure Act 1.0. So it's 50%. You can still get the $5,000 per year back for the first three years. You still get uh, the employer uh, match credits back. But over at, at, at starting at employee 51 to 100, they start to phase out. But it's still a, a significant uh, it looks a lot like 1.0, but it's still a significant um, help for a larger small business, so to speak. Uh, but from one to 50, it's a complete no-brainer. It Essentially, if you have up to, tw say, 20 employees, you get to that $5,000 uh, level, and you can set up, for the first three years, you can really set up and run your 401k if you net it out with your tax credits for nothing. For and Yeah. Yeah. And then dollar for dollar. <clears throat> and, we, and we won't go into all the details because some of it is based on the pricing from your 401k provider. Uh, so, so for example, for us, so right. we provide 401k services to our payroll customers. Um, anybody with, you know, say more than nine or 10 employees, anybody less than say 50 employees for the, it's probably going to work out that your what you would pay in 401k administrative fees is going to be such that you're going to get it's going to be less than $5,000 you're going to get all that money back like 100% of it. So if you're a real small company there there might be some cost still. If you're a bigger company over 50 employees there might still be some cost. But main street America 10 to 50 employees which is you know a, a, a huge part of of Ashore's customer. I mean, this thing, the tax credit nets out that your 401k turns out to be free, right? Yeah. And, and you know, to, to put some numbers behind that, yeah. you know, there are 6.2 million small employer businesses in the U.S. Right. and 5.4 million of them have fewer than 20 employees. So yeah. this is, a com, com, there are so much opportunity for small businesses to take advantage of this tax credit um, to offer large company competitive benefits. Okay, so just to make sure everybody understands, the, the, the tax credit come in two different buckets, right? There's set up in administrative fees, but then there's matching. How, 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 help us understand the separation of those two things. Right, so set up if you start a 401k, there's usually set up fees. You have to uh, upload employee census um, and really just set up the, the mechanics of it, the, sure. the machinery of it. Yeah. Um, you also have employee education expenses. So if you um, hire an advisor or what have you to come in and meet with your employees, tell them what the benefits are, go over the investment options and, and all of that, that uh, that's counted. That counts also. Um and so that's the one side. It's one bucket. They're kind of fixed expenses, and they're really kind of on the front end of it. Ongoing, well, we talked about the employer match. So if you're matching your employees 
contributions up to a thousand dollars, dollar, you know, dollar for dollar, you will get a tax credit, dollar for dollar, up to a thousand dollars for each of those employees, up to fifty. And if you're, like I said, if you're over fifty-one, up to a hundred, you'll get some. Uh, it starts to phase out, but you will get some um, matching. Now that's for the first two years. The third year, seventy-five percent of it is you get a tax credit on it. The fourth yeah. year, you get half of it as a tax credit. And the fifth year, 25%. So if you think about it, a small business that, that wants to grow, <clears throat> the thing that they really, really want and don't have enough of is time. And if you say, hey, you want to offer this benefit, how much, what are you doing? You're giving them time. You're saying you get to offer this and it really is not going to cost you a whole lot until... And, and, and it may not cost a ton anyway, but yeah. in year five is really where normal expenses get picked up. And if you say, how, how do you think you're going to be in five years? They're going to say, you give me five years of time and you know, I should be able to run with this. Yeah. And, um, and that'll excite a lot of people because the number one thing it's going to give them is time. And so the, I, I just want to make it crystal clear to folks, and forgive me if I'm just being re repetitive here. There's the setup and administrative 100% tax credit up to $250 per employee. And that's for the first three years of the plan, first right? First three years. Yeah. First three years, right. First three years. So there are some people are going to fall outside the, the boundaries here, a really small company that, that might have fees that exceed that uh, really big company. But most employers that we're talking to, it's going to mean that they set up and the administration of the plan is free for the first three years. So no brainer, no brainer, no brainer. Oh my gosh, game truly game changing. <clears throat> the reason I was going down that rabbit hole, <clears throat> excuse me. The reason I was going down that rabbit hole earlier about thinking about your compensation mix. If you were going to tell your employees, hey, I want to do a match, but to do a match, I'm going to have to decrease your salary. I don't think any of them are going to like that, right? They, they will all probably want a 401k. They're not going to be cool with you lowering their salary to fund that because they're going to see that as neutral and maybe worse because now I, it's even harder to buy groceries uh, and it's all deferred income at that point. But this is where this five-year phasing in of the contribution is so important because if you think about your entire compensation strategy, how much of that is salary, how much of that might be bonus performance-based, maybe how much of that is 401k, how much of that is health insurance, how much of that is whatever else you put into your into your benefit plans, you have five years to walk it down and in, in, to incorporate that. So if you were giving, say, an annual pay increase to your employees, it's the contribution is free for the first two years, year one and year two, it's 75% of free in year three it's really not until the year five that you have to have this mix adjusted, right? So perhaps <clears throat> you, instead of increasing your salaries as much as you otherwise would have, you increase them, but less, and part of that money then goes back in to pay for your match. So as the employer, it doesn't end up costing you over the long haul anyway, because you're going to have to adjust for inflation. You're going to have to adjust for cost of living. You're going to have to increase salaries of your employees. But if over time, part of that benefit that you're giving to your employees is a 401k match in lieu of some salary, you're not taking any cuts today and you're building into what a probably a more thoughtful, comprehensive compensation package looks like for the future. By the way, this is what big companies in corporate America have done for decades. And so now, finally, small businesses can play in the same level playing ground to compete for talent in the exact same compensation modeling. I, do you think I'm saying that right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's <clears throat> all about compensation. And so, with the and and so what we're doing is we're taking a little bit of of income from really off the top, not letting it be taxed. Um, and, and deferring it out, you know, into the future. And it's really just a matter of the employer figuring out the most. So to put numbers around your example, if I'm going to give my employees a 5% raise, 
Maybe I give them a 4% raise and I take the difference and that, and I'm not going to keep it from them, but I'm going to put it in the employer match. So I'm going to give it to them, but it's going into the retirement plan. So it's just a matter of, am I paying them now or, or, and, or if I may paying them later and how is that mix? How does that mix change? And, And the reason I'm trying to beat up this topic is I don't want employers to sign up for this because it's free. And then five years later, they find themselves with an expense that they weren't prepared for. You have to be thinking, the states are gonna mandate or the federal government's gonna mandate that employers increasingly small businesses provide retirement plans. Your employees want 401k. This gives you a way to grow into it for free. So yes, it's free. I don't wanna, I don't wanna downplay that at all. Free setup, free for the first couple of years, this feels like beyond no-brainer, too good to be true. What's the catch? Well, the catch is eventually you're going to be managing a 401k plan that's going to have expense to you as the employer. So that's the only reason I'm going here because this isn't too good to be true. But five years from now, you're going to have to manage a 401k plan. But my opinion, you're not going to be successful as an employer attracting and retaining any employees if you don't offer good retirement benefits. That's just part of, that's just, that's already becoming part of life is based on the stats that you said at the top of the discussion. Right. And the other thing about that is, is that if you really are going to do the math and I'm not going to sit here and do the math and bog down on that right now, but if you just did a look at, look at IRA contributions um, and look at somebody who's 35, 30, 35 years old and look at what, reasonably they could they could contribute to an IRA where there's no matching and they're you know they're they're investing and they're getting investment returns kind of within the statistical norms it's not going to come close to what they need in retirement according to uh, what the government statistics say is a reasonable average retirement um, it just doesn't give them uh, a, a shot so really the 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 only way is to um, is to is to utilize not only you know the 401k opportunities but with employer matches and this is going to probably even get more popular um, and there's going to be more uh, you know more of a push from a good, the government around employee saving just because they need to because if you play it out in the long run and and people continue to, you know, the people, people that can't retire are going to keep working. And then there will be people that are of retirement age taking up an employment spot that the younger generation coming up really, really needs um, to make a living. So it will be a drag on the economy as a whole if we don't address this problem. That's right. That's right. Um, Rich, there's a couple of nuances that I, that I want to explore. So uh, at the risk of sounding like a game show host, but wait, there's more. Uh, there is another tax credit here uh, around. Uh, so instead of a $5,000 tax credit, it could be a $5,500 tax credit around this concept of auto enrollment, right? Right. So it, that is. That can is, you explain what safe harbor and auto enrollment, what do those concepts even mean? And maybe more importantly, why should a small business care? Well, auto enroll is essentially, for from a Secure Act 2.0 standpoint, auto enroll gives you five hundred dollars tax credit if you auto enroll all of your employees <clears throat> in eligibility. Now, the eligibility could be day one or all your current employees, or you could have some sort of eligible eligibility requirement um, that if they they're with you for six months or a year, then they're eligible. Whatever that is they're automatically enrolled. And generally they're automatically enrolled at a certain percentage, usually three or 4%, which they can adjust up or down uh, as needed. And then when you, and then at age, um, at a certain age of 55 or or 50, 55, there are escalators that allow them to save even more, um, defer even more. that is, uh, but auto enroll, the concept itself um, is just that. All your, autom- all, all your employees are automatically enrolled. And if you do that, the government will give you another $500 tax credit. It's not, it doesn't matter how many employees you have. 
It doesn't matter anything. It's just check the box auto enroll. You get the credit. And that doesn't that doesn't force the employee that they have to contribute, right? So they could be enrolled but not contribute. Is that right? Yeah, I mean they can take their contribution down to you know a tenth of a percent, but they're on they're enrolled, um, and because of that enrollment, they will um, you know they will they will qualify. It's really not. Um, What's Do they your, have to contribute anything or could you auto enroll an employee and that employee says, hey, guys, I'm broke. I don't have a penny to give. I, I don't want to contribute any money. But the employer through Safe Harbor does a match of a thousand bucks. Then the employee just got a free thousand dollars. The employer gave that thousand dollars and is getting a hundred percent tax credit. So it's free to them. Will, will that work where the employee literally doesn't even contribute anything? Or do they have to contribute something to be considered a, a plan member? If you're an auto enroller, you will be the the mechanics of it. They will auto automatically enroll you. Okay. Um, the and the employee will find out when they get the email saying, "Congratulations, you're in the 401k." Okay. They can go in and take their contributions right down to zero, but they're in it. Okay. So, and, and that's what that's what I thought. So. Uh, feel silly. This is like a wait and wait. There's more because th th that's how that's how much incentive Congress has has put here for small business owners to do this, right? So think about this: the employee facing tough times, literally, they're not enrolled and they they they're not participating in retirement because they just simply can't afford to. You know, save your judgments for whatever reasons. Maybe, maybe they're just in a life situation. They can't afford a single penny on anything other than groceries for the kids. <clears throat> you as an employer could set up your plan for free. You could auto-enroll them and get an extra $500 tax credit by auto-enrolling them because the government wants to make it as easy as possible for them to invest in retirement. Not, they're not trying to put the burden on you here with this tax credit. They're trying to make it as easy as possible on the employee so you auto enroll that employee, you match, give them a thousand bucks. That's a thousand dollars free to you because it's a hundred percent tax credit on that thousand bucks. Can you imagine the look on the face of that employee who can't, who's barely able to put groceries on the table to feed their family, and you just gave them a thousand dollar gift as the employer, and you didn't cut their salary to pay for it? I mean, I can't imagine. I can't imagine anything else in U.S. corporate history where employers have had the opportunity to just give such a gigantic benefit to their employees. Employees are going to freaking love you as the employer. Um, uh, how could they not be? How could they not be attracted to join you in the first place if you explain that? How could they not be uh, uh, engaged and loyal to you after the fact once you've done it? Rich, can you talk about? And I don't know if I'm going into dangerous waters here or not, but one of the things that uh, so a lot of companies will implement uh, vesting schedules around 401k. So if I give you that thousand bucks, okay, Rich, you uh, I'm giving it to you. It's yours, but you're only gonna you are you earn uh, three hundred and thirty three dollars of it in year one, three thirty three year two, and then after three years, it's all yours. So basically, it's a it's an incentive for you to stick around. It, what what can and so this can also be in in the context that one of the three reasons to do this. So the carrot is the Secure Act 2.0 tax credits. The stick is the state mandates, and the war for talent is the bucket number three. So in the context of war for talent, what what would you say about uh, vesting schedules to get these benefits in the in the match? as a retention tool for employers. Yeah, no, it's a very effective um, tool you know, the, because you're, what you have is your, you have your vested amount, you have your non-vested amount, and an employer or employee can see right in their 401k schedule, here's what I have, here's my top line, and here's what I can, you know, if I left today, this is what I would have. And it's very incentivizing to stay. You know, if, if all things being equal, you know, the understanding your vesting schedule when all of your top line will be yours um, 
it's a tremendously uh, it's tremendous incentive incentivization for employees to stay because they don't want to give away that money. And I, I've seen a change. I don't know about you. Uh, years ago, when I entered the workforce, uh, I would see just my own employers vesting schedules that were uh, fight off a of sneeze here. I, w- I wouldn't say punitive because it was just kind of standard, but you had to wait for your money. You didn't get it all up front. Um, and it might be worth zero in year one and at your one year anniversary that it was worth something. Increasingly over time, I've seen the vesting schedules shorten and I've seen the amount you get in year one or even up front increase. I've started, I, I have been seeing employers say, okay, the match isn't on a per pay period basis. The match is at the end of the year, we're going to put all that money in your account and it's just yours. So it's like no vesting schedule. What, what, what do you see as pros and cons for employers? What, 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 what guidance would you give employers to be thinking about how to pay it out when and, and how to think about matching is like a one-time payout. Do they have to earn it through a vesting period? Do you spend this over time? What, what do you think some of the best practices are? Well, you know, on the one hand you have, um, you know, having a vesting, a vesting schedule and everybody kind of knows the rules. I don't think employees really think about it unless the, until they actually get into it. But I think an employer could say, could explain it to them and say, Hey, we could, and we're well within our rights to implement a vesting schedule. Now, if they're if they're inclined to give it to them, not have the vesting schedule and say, this is yours, this is all yours in year one, at least they understand, the employees understand they could have forced, you know, required me to, you know, stay over three to five years, you know, whatever the vesting schedule is, but they're giving it to me all at once. And that engenders a certain amount of loyalty and certain amount of, you know, good feelings and, um, you know, that as they're, you know, if they're inclined to ever look around, um, you know, at other employment opportunities, that's one of the things like, am I really going to get, you know, go somewhere where they, uh, they, they give it, they treat us well, they, they're, they're giving us our 401k matching and there's no vesting schedule. That's, uh, that itself is a competitive, uh, I, I, I agree. I feel like it's maybe counterintuitive. I, th- I feel like the whole vest, vesting schedule has been, okay, I'm going to give you this money, but I'm going to make you stay and you're not going to be able, I'm not going to give the money then and you're going to have to stay and earn it. That might, that was maybe fine, you know, with seven, eight percent unemployment where employees didn't have a lot of options, but at 3.8% unemployment, I mean, when people can just leave, if it's a thousand dollar match, a three year vesting schedule is three hundred thirty three bucks a year. Are you going to tick them off and say, "Well, I can I'll go get a three hundred thirty five dollar raise by walking across the street"? I don't need your vesting schedule. Versus treating it as a gift, where you know whether you love it or hate it, we're a bit of an instant gratification society. Um, I, I think people would view it more. It, it plays ends up playing out more like a bonus than it does golden handcuffs that force me to stay someplace I might, might not want to. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and the war on talent isn't going away. Um, as I believe you've addressed in uh, past webinars, um, the, the demographics, um, are, are the way they are right now. The demographics are, are here to stay as far yeah. as the, uh, the pool of, of eligible workers you know, versus, uh, you know, available jobs. So employers are going to continue to have to be competitive to get the top talent and to retain their best talent as well. Rich, I know we're, we're coming up on time. There's a whole bunch of, uh, there's a whole bunch of other stuff in the secure 2.0 act. Um, we're not going to try to unpack all of it, but one of them is, I, I think there's something around student loans, can, can what what is it is there is there legislation specifically about student loans or is it more something about way empl- employers could incorporate a benefit to a, knowing that their employees have student loan issues? Help me, help me understand. It's really it's it's really more around most most young employees are going to have student loans, so the first thing they're going to do and they're really required to do is pay off those student loans because. 
the interest rate's fairly high, B, there's really no option. And it, you're, uh, with employees are viewing this as here's my discretionary income is going to pay my student loans. I can't even begin to save. I don't want to begin to save until I pay this off. Um, and the government is saying that the, through all of the statistics that they've looked at, the earlier you start saving, the better off it is when you get to retirement age. So it's really allowing, you know, with it's allowing small business you know owners to give employees through via these employer matches a way to turbocharge savings. They can save just a little bit, but it's going to turn into essentially double what they're putting away while they're paying their student loans. It's kind of a real if uh, you know, it's just a reality that that student loans are are um, they're everywhere. And they're a drag on they're a drag on the economy because, frankly, either you're going to be paying off student loans, or you can save some and then spend some. And when you spend some, that means that another business has revenue, and it's better. And then they can hire more people, and it's just better for the economy as a whole. Got it. Anything else in the Secure Act 2.0 that you think people, business owners, need to know here? You know, in the Secure Act 2.0, there there's something called the emergency savings. Um, which allows uh, a person to save up to $2,500, I believe. And you can take, you can contribute to it like a 401k, but then you can take it out to use for any reason up to $2,500 in the, uh, in any given year. So there's no retirement plan restrictions about accessing your money uh, to pay for, you know, emergencies or, or, or anything like that. And that's, um, that's a feature that no uh, retirement plan or, or savings vehicle had had before. Anything else that you think that business owners need to understand? Well, there's an entire, um, the Secure Act 2.0 is kind of the gift that Kim signed giving and there's, and there's several more um, components on there. And unfortunately, I don't think we have time um, to unpack all of that right now. But I, I think the, the headline of Secure Act 2.0 is what it, it does for uh, 401k and allowing small businesses to implement 401ks and and uh, for their employees. So so let's do this. I'll give you uh, give you a chance to kind of recap why should employers, especially small businesses today, be looking at offering 401ks, and what is it about the Secure Act 2.0 that makes this kind of a I'm gonna I'll say it kind of a no brainer. It's, it's at minimum, it's a game changer that you you have to at least look at it and think about it. It's probably a no brainer for most small businesses to implement. Yeah. To recap, employees want 401ks. It's the gold standard of retirement plans. Small businesses, by and large, have thought that this was something that only businesses of a certain size, bigger than them, could offer their employees. Now, through Secure Act 2.0, the government is making extremely affordable. Um, if not in certain, a lot of certain circumstances, no cost um, when you net out the tax credits uh, for the first, you know, three years up to five years. Not no cost up to five years, but very cost effective to deliver this for your employees. And what does that mean? That means a lot of employees that are searching for great benefits packages and that would be looking to uh, at employers of certain sizes will now look at employers of smaller sizes to help them grow and, to, and bring talent down to small businesses, uh, which will be, you know, a Kickstarter for, I, I don't, not that the economy is slow in general, because I think our GDP number was pretty strong this last number, but it will just keep the, keep the engine moving. And you have talent and small businesses and they're growing those small businesses and the economic engine just keeps rolling. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Uh, I, I couldn't encourage business owners enough. Check out uh, Secure Act 2.0. Hop on Assure's website, tons of documentation, uh, ebook, blogs, articles, uh, videos like this one. Uh, uh, we can watch the recorded version of this show um, and, and just tons of incentives to combine this with payroll. Uh, the, you know, it, it's an opportunity that's never presented itself before. 
And I, I can't imagine not implementing something like this when it truly is free and it's what your employers employees want. So Rich, thanks for, thanks for all the information. I think we need to do at least one follow-up show. I can think of probably two or three reasons we got to go deeper and unpack a few more topics. One of the things I want to think about is the, the benefits, to the employers, I think employers of small companies, small firms. Okay. They might not have a lot of employees, they think of 401k as this thing for employees. They don't realize this is actually something they can use for themselves for wealth creation as well when partnered up with the, with the, the right advisor. So uh, more to come. Exciting topic. Thanks for being my guest today. And thanks to everybody else. Until next week. At Assure, we build human capital management software and services that help 90,000 companies like yours attract, develop, and retain great people. Our low upfront costs and affordable subscription model allow you to save cash to invest in things that drive growth, not overhead. To learn more about how Assure can help you claim up to $26,000 per employee with the Employee Retention Tax Credit, automate your payroll, and build productive teams that are compliant with ever-changing HR laws, visit AssureSoftware.com.